Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong, let the poor say I'm rich. And I'm praying for those that during this time, those of despair, those are at loss, those are at a gate of access that they've been denied so many times. I pray, I believe right now in Jesus' name, I declare that we are having a homecoming at Arena of Life in the body of Christ. Amen. I want to jump into the text today because I really believe God has a word for you. It's found in Acts chapter 3. I'm reading out of the Amplified and it says this. This is the healing of the lame beggar. It says in verse 1, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple of the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, 3 p.m. And a man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day. Everybody say every day. At the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, so that he could beg alms from those entering the temple. So when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking them for coins. But Peter, along with John, stared at him intently and said, look at us. So don't look at the coin. He's saying, look at us. Look at what's on the inside of us. And the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting to receive something from them. I felt like Peter and John with my kids before. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name, authority, power of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, begin now to walk and go on walking. Then he seized the man's right hand with a firm grip and raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles became strong and steady. And with a leap he stood up and began to walk. And he went into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. As we declare homecoming here, I hope you see this in the text. He's somebody who got to the gate of access many times, but he never went through the door. You know what I'm believing God for during this time? That there is people that's made it almost. It's a time in your season to go ahead and have the breakthrough into what God has in store for you. Amen. God, I just thank you for the word. I thank you, Lord, that it's a lamp unto our feet, that it's a light unto our path. I pray, Lord, that as the very words of faith and good doctrine are spoken this morning, I pray, Lord, that you are moving mountains. God, I lift up kids to you that are represented in this room, grandchildren to you, that maybe a grandparent is in here with a heavy heart. Maybe they're in here, God, with a heavy heart of a spouse, of some things that are going on inside of a marriage. God, I pray that you're... Your mercy is new every morning and your grace is sufficient for us. And so, God, I pray that today, Lord, as the word of God goes forth, that the power of God goes into operation. And what thing that looked impossible would be made possible. Do something in their heart today. God, do what only you can do. Open eyes to see and open ears to hear. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, look at your neighbor before you're seated and said, this word is for you. All right. Look at your other neighbor and say, you, you look like you've lost some weight. Have you lost some weight? Come on, lie to him if you have to. All right. Praise God. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I, all right. I'm going to ask it again. Who is happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. His mercies are new every morning. If you... Had a long day yesterday. You stayed up all night. I'm telling you, there is something refreshing about being in the house of God. Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So whatever thing that may have had you down or maybe crippled you or put you in a corner, I believe the power of God is in operation in the room today and uh, people's lives are going to be changed because I believe there is a word for you today. I believe this is a life-changing word for many in the room. In fact, after the service, on first service, I asked, who is this for? There's a lot of people in the room. Because um, just to be honest, last week when I left you and John, I I told you I'm coming back next week to preach John chapter 5. 
of the man who was at the pool of Bethesda and he sat there for 38 years waiting for someone to put him in the water when it was stirred by the angel. But I laid down on the job two Sundays ago and I laid down on the job last Sunday so I didn't want to lay down this Sunday. Okay? So uh, I don't have a bed today and I won't be laying down anytime in the message. So, um, But the Lord just didn't release me to preach that yet. I believe that's after Easter that I'll preach that. But I want to go into this text in Acts chapter 3. And like I just said a while ago, I'm declaring that in your household, I'm declaring that in your business, I'm declaring that in your spirit, man, and I'm declaring in this church that there is a homecoming in Jesus' name. That there may be some things that you've been present, but you haven't been all the way in. And I'm praying that there is going to be breakthrough where people are going through the gate. And lives are going to be changed forevermore. Come on, who can connect their faith with mine this morning? That there's going to be a homecoming in Jesus' name. In your household, in your kids, in your neighbors, in your neighborhoods. Come on, Jesus can work at Pakasak, can he not? Hallelujah. Give me some Jesus and a Diet Coke. I'll take both. And uh, the first message the Lord gave me in homecoming was found in Acts chapter 12. And that still has been in my heart. In fact, last week when we... Uh, came together and prayed. The Bible tells us in this story that Peter is locked up in a prison cell. He is dead asleep. And, but the Bible says this, but the church prayed. And the thing that had him bound was unlocked when the church came together and prayed. And I'm declaring that as we are a body and we are a people that pray that things are being locked and unlocked in the spirit realm and people's lives are going to be renewed in Jesus' name. But the church prayed. Let's say it together. But the church prayed. Amen. How many of you know prayer unlocks things from God? Amen. We know that fasting unlocks things from the flesh but, but, uh, but separates us from the world, but, but prayer connects us to God. And then last week told the story of the four friends who... Um, uh, uh, brought him to Jesus, and we saw how important it is, uh, that story. But today, I want to I do something different here in Acts chapter 3, and I believe if you lean in, God has something in store for you. In this particular text here, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple on the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and a man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried along, who they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple. This guy's a little bit different from the man that we talked about last week. Last week we saw a guy that probably did not talk. In fact, when you look up the word paralytic in the Greek, we see that this guy was like a vegetable on a mat. He needed, he needed help people to help him with anything, with, with anything and everything. But here we have a guy that he may not be able to walk. He is crippled from birth, but every day he goes to a place where he begs for alms. How many of y'all know some people out there, they, they may have a good talk, but they don't have a good walk? Y'all know any people out there? Lift your hands if you know somebody out there. Lift your hands if you're sitting next to them. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. All right? We have some fun this morning. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to have some ministry afterwards of reconciliation. Uh, but um, uh, I know tons of people that they talk a good game, but they walk a different way. And how many of y'all know it's our actions that speak louder than words? And so here's a guy that every day he is taken to the same spot every single day to beg alms. You know, here's a guy that I see he's never had a desire or an appetite to be whole because he's never been whole. He's never set himself up in a place to be whole. Every day he sees people walk in and out of the temple, but he is good with just coming to a place where he always goes every day. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. You just give me a few coins and I'll be on my way. Here's a guy that has no desire to walk. It's okay if you walk, but I don't want to walk because I don't know what walking is. It's like talking this morning. I gave the example of fishing. Some of y'all, as soon as I said fishing, you're bored and ready to do something different. In fact, growing up in the household that I did, I've been, I was raised around fishing and my dad doesn't even call it fishing. He calls it, he calls it catching. I don't go fishing. I go catching. I'm so thankful for a dad of faith that raised me in that. But um, anyways, those of you that have fished before, you know what I'm talking about. You throw that line out there if you've ever bass fished before. You throw that line out there and you have a little slack in your line. 
And you know that moment where it goes straight out? Or you know that moment where it makes the slack and your line is coming to you? You know that feeling? Some of y'all right now, it's like, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're talking to me right now, all right? It's so fun, or seeing that bobber go under, or being like on Lake Texoma fishing for striper, and you're going up and down, and it's like you like hung up on the bottom of the lake, and you know it is, you know, a whale. And, and, and it's fun, and I'm excited talking about that because I've experienced and I've done that, but some of you... You've never experienced the kind of fishing that I have. You've watched people do it, but you've never had a desire to do it, and you've never done it. It's the same. It's like, it's like race cars. Those of you that are into race cars, I don't understand you. I don't get you. I mean, when you would begin to talk about racing season, it's like you pull up your shirt. It's like this Dale Earnhardt, he died and such and such, and, and you have this passion for it, and you begin to talk about what it feels like being, I've watched you do it many times. I, I tell people, NASCAR is a non-athletic sport centered around rednecks, and I get a bigger thrill out of dumping a family-sized bag of Skittles in the toilet and flushing it and seeing all the colors go in a circle, all right? I, I don't get a thrill out of NASCAR. There's, there, there's nothing, but there's some people that bleed that because they've experienced it and they've done it so much that it's become a part of them. Are you seeing in the text here, here's a guy who's never had an appetite to be whole because he's never experienced walking before and so he's stuck where he is. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Am I being clear? So here's a guy who, who is... It's like a person, it's like this, it's like a person who's been in poverty their whole life. All they see is poverty. It's like a person that's been raised in domestic violence. If they're not careful, they'll be in the rhythm of domestic violence the rest of their life. It's like a person that's seen somebody in their life steal and they've stolen and it's hard for them to break the cycle of stealing and being made whole from that because they've gotten in the rhythm of stealing. It's like a person that has cheated it's hard for them if they're not careful, they will break, they will stay in that same rhythm and keep there because they've never experienced wholeness from that. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what do we do? We end up wanting what we have. We end up wanting what we have made normal in our life. It's like a person that's been broke. It's like you, it, uh, you've made that normal. Maybe you say in March... I'm going to get my tax return, and I'm going to pay off all my credit card debt. And then you get to July, and everybody's going to the lake, and you don't have the money to do it, and you put it on the credit card. And then August comes around, and everybody's doing this, and you put it on the credit card all the way through Christmas. Hello, Christmas. Like our kids need five million things. And then you put it on the credit card, and then you're in that place in January where you're paying a minimal payment, getting, getting hung by the interest rate, and you're like, I don't want to be here anymore, but this is all I've ever known, so this is what I'm going to do. Or it's like a person that's caught up in domestic violence. You know, the per you know the lady that finally gets a good guy, but she dumps the good guy to go after the dirt bag again because that normal life of domestic violence has been modeled to her by her mama. And she goes back to a place of dysfunction because that's all she's ever known and that's all she, she'll ever be. Are you seeing in the text here, here is a guy that could be a little bit different, but he has, he has owned up to the fact that normalcy is dysfunction. And I'm telling you, I'm talking at a room of people today. I hate to say this, but there is some dysfunctional things in your life that you've made normal. And if we're not careful, we'll stay in that rhythm of that. See, when you've been lame your whole life, lame can mean lots of things. Lame could be an insecurity that you always go back to, that you feel like the Lord wants to, to set you free of, but you always go back to it. Lame could be being angry. Lame could be being guilty of something. I should have done this. I should have done that. I wish I would have done this. And the enemy continually beats you up with shame. Can I tell you, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. Don't listen to that voice that's trying to always beat you up inside your head. Maybe it's a lameness of being broke, like I talked about. Maybe it's a lameness of depression. Maybe it's always battling inside of your mind. Maybe it's at one time, one day you're good, but then the next day you wake up and you see something and it triggers something in you and then everybody around you is affected because you have 
you will develop a normalcy around something even when it's terrible. You know, so thinking about this, as I was praying about this yesterday, what did this man do? He had built a rhythm around his disability. Can I tell you, we build rhythms around our disability all the time? We build rhythms around it. Rhythm is what you develop around something you don't want to change. It's something around you don't want to change like this, thinking about it like this. Like, I get into rhythms. How many of y'all are rhythm type people? Like, before I go to bed, I set my coffee maker to where it will go off at 4.30, and I get up at 4.45. At 5 o'clock, I'm at the gym. 5.30, I'm done. Then I go home. I get into the Word of God. And I get into the Word of God till 6.30. And those of you that are online, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, I share with you what, what I've, not, not necessarily what I studied that morning, but maybe a series of where we are. And then when, at, at 7 o'clock, I go upstairs. I cook bacon the same way. I cook eggs the same way. I cook bagels for the kids the same way. You see what I'm saying? We get in a rhythm. We go the same way to the church. We go the same way back. I like, I like rhythm. How many of y'all know rhythm's a good thing? But if we're not careful and if we don't have this, the right rhythm in our life, things will be messed up. Now, it's been a while since I've done this. But just to kind of model to you what rhythm is, I, uh, John, come on up here. I need some help with you. All right. You know Pink Floyd? How many of y'all know Pink Floyd? All right, good, good. I'm just making sure we're in the right place here. All right, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to the first song. So what we're going to do is we're going to get in a rhythm. I'm in A. A, D, F sharp, E. there? A. Come on, John. You an A? There we go. All right, now I need your help. Oh, I need somebody with rhythm, though. Will you come up here and help me, Pastor Shannon? Or just, just help the people, lead the people in clap. Hey, somebody's got it. Hey. All right. I'm painting you a picture here. See, as your pastor, if I'm not in rhythm, you're not going to be in rhythm. As a dad, if you're not in the right rhythm, your kids are not going to be in the right rhythm. As a mom, if you're not in the right rhythm, you're, you can't expect your daughter to be in the right rhythm. And what I see here is a guy that has built a rhythm in his life that is the wrong rhythm. That every day he didn't go to the place where he could receive the help that he that he, that he needed. He went there expecting to get something that he wanted, but they gave him something that he needed. Are you seeing this? He wanted a Band-Aid, but he needed a healing. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so if you're not careful, you will get in the rhythm of life Going after the things that you want rather than the things that God wants you to, you need to have. 
And that's why, I, that's why I'm saying, why I sang and played this morning, because whatever kind of rhythm is setting the pace for your life, whatever rhythm that you're at, that is by, by example, you're always going to go to that place. And so he has built a rhythm. In, de- in verse 2 here it says, a man every day, if your text says daily or every day, he was late at the gate called beautiful. When he woke up, he never expected to walk. He only expected to be carried to the same place. Think about this. Rhythm, what does it do? It gets you, it gets you in a place where sometimes you even forget what day it is. Like there's times on Saturday mornings where I don't do Facebook Live, but there's times where I'm sitting in front of the, the, uh, my iPad at 6.30 in the morning about to press play and realize to myself, oh my goodness, it's Saturday. But I'm in such a rhythm of getting up at the same time every single day. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But in the spiritual sense, I believe it is. Because lots of times we will stunt ourselves from being who God wants us to be because we're stuck doing the same thing. Are you hearing me this morning? And so every day he ended up at the same spot. What about you? Do you always end up at the same spot? You, like you might have a different job. You might have a different house. You might have a different car. You might actually have a new wife or a different wife or a different husband. But you always end up at the same spot. Like I believe it by the Spirit of God at the end of this first service, this, there's people that maybe you do have that new marriage, but you can already see yourself going back to the rhythm of the marriage that you left because you didn't like those things. And you're beginning to realize that maybe it's something in you that you're in rhythm in, and now you're fed up in the marriage that you're in. Like I got a new house, or I got a new car, or I got this new thing, but what happens is we find ourselves always going back to the rhythm of when we were a kid, or a boy, or a girl. Am I making some sense this morning? That we find ourselves, it's a rhythm that we don't necessarily like, but we go there by default. And we, 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 even around something that's so terrible, we make it normal because it's rhythm. He's at a gate. He's at a beautiful gate. I just want you to picture it today. It's a beautiful gate. It's 60 foot wide. How many of y'all know from a long ways away you can see a 60 foot gate? And the Bible says, uh, well actually scholars tell us this even today that if you go there, this was a time when King Solomon reigned in the earth and he was a man of great wisdom and he was a man of great power and a man of great wealth. And so he builds this 60 foot gate going into the temple and it had amazing architecture. There was wisdom that was put into this access. There was, wis- there was gold, there was silver, and there was all of these things there. But we had an ugly situation at a beautiful place. How many of y'all have ever had an ugly situation at a beautiful place? I had an ugly situation at a beautiful place last night. I just fell asleep. In fact, I was caribou hunting in Canada in my sleep. And I was just about to make the kill, and there was a violent shook in the bed. She shook me, and she said, you were snoring. And my thought process right away was, I was snoring. I'm not anymore. Why'd you wake me up? I just hope when I go back to sleep, I'm going to kill this caribou, because it was a wall hanger. Right? I, man, how many of y'all have experienced what I've experienced before where they've shook you and said, you're snoring? It's like, well, so I did what every man does, and I went to the other room. No, I didn't do that. I just stayed right there. <laughs> she can go in the other room if she wants to. All right, praise the Lord. I was thinking about an ugly situation at a beautiful gate. Years ago, we were at camp meeting at the Optimo Ranch in Wagon Mound, New Mexico, and... Uh, uh, it, it came a flood. I'm talking it began to rain. And we had a tent out there, and these Chinook winds would come off the Rocky Mountains. And I'm telling you, it was raining. Jim, would it not rain? It was like we picked the date of camp meeting, and that's the time that, I'm telling you, we were about to build an ark. It was terrible. And um, anyways, we, uh, I mean, water is literally pouring inside the tent. 
And that night, I mean, people were healed. We had amazing praise and worship. People were expecting inside of that place, like God always does something big inside of there. And uh, uh, this storm comes in, and I mean, it's pouring rain and lightning, and lightning hit, and all the lights went out. And so the sound went off as well, but then the lights came turned back on, and it was dim. It was like a few lights were on, a few lights were off. Pastor Mark Trice, he was preaching, and he is a gifted communicator, and he's preaching the word, and now he doesn't have a microphone. Well, the sound guy did whatever sound guy would do, and he runs around, and he, he's working on the sound, and finally the power turns on. But when he does, remember, there's water in the tent, and he sticks his knee in the water, and he has his hand on the, on, on the, the sound system. I'm talking, when I say knock him out, I'm talking like it hit him like Will Smith hit Chris Rock last Sunday. I mean, it knocked him smooth out. I mean, boom. I mean, eyes rolled back in his head. I thought, oh my, we're about to have revival because this man has died. and We're going to have to raise him from the dead. His whole shirt's wet, things like that. We begin to pray for him and he did get up. But that was an ugly situation at a beautiful gate. How many of y'all have ever experienced an ugly situation at something that should be beautiful? How many of y'all have ever experienced that before? It's like uh, me and Brandy was talking last night. When Addison was born, here we had this beautiful girl, this little bitty girl, and they come in. They said, hey, she's healthy everywhere except she has a hole inside of her heart. She has a heart murmur. But I can tell you that she's healed by the power of God. That's all closed up. She's doing good today. But... Amen. And I, uh, but I remember as a parent, how many of you parents have ever experienced that before? You had something ugly at a beautiful place. Here's, here's a guy that is running his mouth asking for alms at such a beautiful place. An ugly problem stopped him from getting through the gate. What is a gate? A gate is access. He got access to the gate or, or, or he got close to the gate many times, but he never went in. He got close. Can I ask you today, is there anybody out there that's clo- that, that is tired of getting close to the gate and not going through? No matter, what, no matter what it is, what you're believing God for. Nobody likes almost. I, it's just like my kids when they play sports. I always tell them this. Listen, at the end of the game... Your coach is going to give you a Capri Sun, and they're going to give you some healthy snack, and they're going to tell you you did a great job, but they are liars. Your dad is the one who's going to tell you whether or not you did a good job. All right? And I don't want to hear, I almost did this, or I almost did that. I almost won. Almost doesn't cut it. Come on. How many of y'all know we need to raise our kids right to win, to be winners? Not participation trophies. Moving on. If you have a bone pick with me, see Pastor Robert after the service. <laughs> Think about the text, though. Everybody's going in. Have you ever been at this place before where you're, you're believing God for a healing and somebody comes up and testifies and said, I, uh, hey, I've been believing God for years to heal me of this and God healed me of this. And that thing that you're believing God for, you begin to think to yourself, uh, uh, I want the same healing that they have. Why didn't I get it? Think about him sitting out there every day and seeing these people come in and out of that place. Think about what's happening on the inside of him. Everybody's going in, but he was just going near. That is frustrating. When people are having the breakthrough and the thing that you're believing God for, and it's like, I know something about them. I can't believe they got the breakthrough, and I didn't get the breakthrough. Come on, I'm just being real this morning. How many times have we seen somebody's kids come back to Christ and we've been believing and we've been, we've been praying and believing we haven't seen it yet, but if you're not careful, the enemy can mess with your mind like he did the lame beggar that said, you know what, I'll just stay here the rest of my life and I can't go in like everybody else. If I'm not going in, I don't want to see anybody else go in, right? Let's, let's stay here. Like if I'm miserable, I said this a couple weeks ago, hurt people hurt people. Right? Like offended people want you to be offended too. Like if I'm staying in the bed of offense, please come join me. There's room for more. And this is what he wants. He's like, I want to, if I'm staying out here, I don't want anybody else going inside. Listen, God wants me to tell you this morning, you need to celebrate when people are healed. 
You need to celebrate when people have the breakthrough. We need to celebrate when people's lives are changed. And I'm telling you, it'll build a faith in you to keep standing that you can go through the gate of access. But what is he doing? Him sitting out there, he's like, you know, we're out here. I want everybody out here. Let's just cook some marshmallows and sing Kumbaya. I don't want anybody else going in. I want people to stay in the the miserable place that I am. But what does rhythm do? It will make you think you're cursed if you're not getting access like everybody else. You'll think, is this even for me? Maybe I'm not supposed to do that. Maybe it's a dream inside of your heart that God put in you that you're supposed to do, and you've came close many times, but you haven't gone through. I'm telling you, you pursue after that dream. You pursue after that vision. You go after that goal. Don't let the enemy beat you up and say, you know what? Maybe you're not supposed to do it. I'm just telling you, God's doing something in you to prepare you for when you do get in. But in this context here, I'm telling you, it'll mess you up. Anytime you don't go in, you start making excuses. Can I tell you, excuses are terrible. Because it hurts to see other people go in, but excuses will comfort your incapacity. I'll say that again. Excuses will comfort your incapacity. You'll say things like this, it's not my fault. It's not my fault I was raised that way. It's not my fault that they put me on this team. It's not my fault that, that I went into that marriage and I didn't know that he was broke and had credit card debt. It kind of is. That's a question you need to ask. It's not my fault. You know, there, there, there's so many things. I mean, just watch Fox News, our politicians. It's not my, it's his fault, the orange guy. He did it. It's not my fault. Everybody points fingers. Can I tell you? When you're at the gate, the gate is access and it's opportunity. Your life doesn't have to be in the rhythm of being in it's everybody else's fault. If you want more, you can have more. Some of you are making rhythm of being miserable. In fact, you're so miserable all the time, the day that you're finally good, everybody says, what's going on with her? Why is he so chipper today? What's the matter with him? Rather than rejoicing with you, they're like, oh man, one out of 40 days in work, or you know, 40, 40 days that, that we've worked together, you've been happy. It's because you've made a rhythm out of being miserable. And don't, but I just want to say this this morning don't get mad at me because I'm walking through the gate. How many of y'all is going to walk through the gate with me? I'll say it again. Who's ready to walk through the gate with me? And there's some of you right now, see, when you stay at the same place all the time, you get in such a mundane thought process that you lose vision of what God gave you before. When you look at the same wall and you look at the same people and the same people going in and out, you will lose focus of what God had in store for you to go. You see what I'm saying? And so you've got, and and there's some of you already that you've made a bed for this saying, you know what, I'm too old. That thing that I was supposed to do, that's garbage. Or I'm too young, or I'm too this, or I'm too that. I'm overqualified for that job. No. Take the job. Or I'm underqualified for that. Praise God. You're going to learn. I'm telling you, I'm talking to some people this morning. What time is it? Oh, I need to hurry. Now rhythm goes to religion. Can I tell you, people get in a rhythm in religion all the time? They get in a rhythm. Uh, We go to the same place before we come to church. We park in the same parking, parking spot. We sit in the same chair. We talk to the same friends. Whoa. We sing those songs that I do like. When they sing those songs I don't like, then I don't enter in. And we get in a rhythm. We get in a rhythm of, 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 of doing the same things all the time. Like if I'm not careful, I can get in a rhythm and religion of reading my Bible. Rather than seeing what God wants to say to me, I'm checking it off the list of, well, I read my Bible on Tuesday. Listen, God wants more than that. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want religion. 
What I see religion shows up on the scene in verses 3. It says, so when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking them for coins. But Peter, along with John, stared at him intently and said, look at us. And the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting to receive something from them. What was he doing? He was in a rhythm of religion. I'm not here to even go in. I'm not here to be healed. I'm just here to get a few coins. See, you can go to church your whole life, years, and not get better. You can be the same way that you were the day that you gave your life to Christ. You're just looking for some coins to put a Band-Aid on it. I'm telling you, God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want religion from you. Are you hearing me this morning? See, there's people out there that care more about the coat. Uh, it's just like the brothers. They cared more about the coat than they did about Joseph. It's like, it's like when Jesus was crucified, they cared more about his robe and shooting dice for his robe than they did about Jesus. The power wasn't in the robe. The power wasn't in the coat. The power was in the man. Are you seeing that? And there's people that they, they, all they want is the healing, and they forget about the healer. All they want is the deliverance, and they forget about the deliverer. That they, all they want is the providing, but they forget about the provider. I'm here to tell you, I thank God for the providing, Gerald, but I want the provider because the provider keeps on providing. The deliverer keeps on delivering. The healer keeps on healing. Come on. Are you hearing me this morning? It's the God of the breakthrough. It's not necessarily the breakthrough, but it's the God of the breakthrough that will bring me the next breakthrough that I need to break through. And so here's a guy, he's in a rhythm of religion. I'm just looking for the next best thing. Are you seeing that? He's going to the same spot. He's serving in the same area. He's lifting his hands at the same time. Like he's doing those things out of rhythm and religion, but Peter and John show up on the scene and relationship shows up. You ought to clap louder than that because when relationship shows up, I'm think, telling you everything changes. So all of a sudden, here comes a relationship on the scene, and it's Peter and John. Relationship will always triumph. It will always triumph rhythm and religion. See, these see uh, they're at a place right here that two or three years ago, uh, Jesus, this is after the resurrection that Jesus had died. Why do you think that he picked Peter and John? And I believe... I believe this. I believe he picked Peter and John because those Peter, James, and John, when he did something spectacular, he took Peter, James, and John because they were closer to him than Matthew. They were closer to him than Bartholomew. They were closer to him than Thomas. You know what that tells me? When you have a relationship with Jesus, you can expect something different than everybody else. Relationship says every day. Relationships says that even in the parking lot, I'm going to praise the Lord. Even on Monday morning, I'm going to declare the name of the Lord as a strong tower that the righteous run into it and they are made safe. On Tuesday morning, when my kids are crazy, I'm telling you, I'm going to call out unto the name of the Lord. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it doesn't shut off. It's not just Sunday morning and Wednesday night. I am going to display a relationship, not a rhythm. Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, who am I making sense to today? I hope you're getting this. Inside of your heart. So rhythm got him to the gate. Religion made him want money at the gate. But relationship comes on the scene. It says it's not what, it's not why, but it's who. Are you seeing that? He said silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. See he's standing in front of a gold door. And relationship says, I'm not flashy. Lots of times we'll, we'll, we'll think to ourselves, well, it's all the materialistic things. It's the way I look when I come, come to the temple. It's the friends that I have at the temple. It's the things that I did there. Listen, God wants you to do those things. But more importantly, he wants you a relationship with you. And they tell him, they say, I know you're used to giving people, uh, you're used to people giving you alms. John, if you want to go ahead and come. I know you're used to that, but I've got something better. Who in here is expecting God to do something better for you? Then you're going to have to get out of rhythm. And you're going to have to get out of religion. 
and you're going to have to get into a relationship. He tells him, he said, this is, I love it that he says, look at me. He says, look at me because you've been looking at the same place. You've been looking at the mundane all your life. I want you to look at me because I want you to see greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is going to be the beyond the realm of the expectation of what you've been putting in your heart. This is going to be bigger than what you've been seeing. See, you've been limiting yourself on the level of your expectation. He's saying, I'm not going to play into that. Because they had money, they could have given him money. They're going to the temple. They would have had money going into the temple. He said, but I'm not going to go to the low dimension that you're at. I'm going to raise you up at the dimension of where I am. A relationship with God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I hope you hear this, people. Silver and gold won't fix anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have. But you can have all the money in the world and still have a broken heart. You can still have all the money in the world and stay at the same place that you've always been and be in a rhythm. You can have all the money in the world be stuck, 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 stuck. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's what the Bible says. And I'm not saying that God don't want us to be blessed and God don't want us to be at a place where we're walking in that provision. But I am just saying this. He's painting a picture to them. You've been in a rhythm in religion. But now it's time to change. And you think silver and gold will fix it. But no, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Can I tell you, he didn't even get religious about this. When he introduced relationship to him, he didn't even get religious about it. It's like, well, pastor, you got you to gotta lay hands on people. Well, they didn't. He said, get up and walk. He didn't say, if it be thy will. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? God, if it be thy will. Well, it's his will that you walk in blessing. It's his will that you walk in healing. Now, that may look different in every way, but it's his will. That you walk in healing. It's his, it's his will that you walk, that you get along with your spouse. Didn't mean to spit. They saw the position of where he was, an ugly situation at a beautiful gate, and they spoke to the condition and they said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Notice this. He had been at the gate his whole life. He was in a daily routine of going there, not expecting to walk. He was in a rhythm. Like many of you are in this room, you're in a rhythm in your relationships. Like I believe there's people in this room, you're afraid to go the next step. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's somebody that you're dating or something like that. You're afraid of the future because of the rhythm that you've been put in. I'm telling you, God is a rhythm breaker. Whatever, 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 maybe it's a rhythm of saying, maybe you've been clean for two years or three years or four years, but the enemy still comes and puts something inside of your head. Oh, you're still an alcoholic. You're still a drug addict. You're still addicted to that pornography. I'm here to tell you, God is a rhythm breaker. Come on, can I say it this, that God is a rhythm breaker. He's a rhythm breaker. And he says, rather than getting what you want, I'm going to give you what you need. Because this is something that's going to help you tomorrow. And this is going to be something that helps you the next day. Here is a guy that never experienced the temple. He only experienced the outside of it. I'm here to tell you, as I have declared homecoming, there's many of you. 
that haven't experienced something that you wanted to experience, this is a time in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare of you, get up and walk in Jesus' name. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. And I'm declaring this. I'm declaring that there's people next week that come in here for Easter. You guys are the real Christians. You came before Easter. <laughs> like y'all are going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and celebrate. But how many of y'all know next week? I, I hope you know this. This place is going to be packed of the CEOs, Christmas and Easter only Christians. Increasters. They'll be here. They'll be here. And you know what we can't do? We, I, and Lord's given me a message on the prodigal son of the boy who came home. But we can't be like the brother of the prodigal son that rebuked him when he did. Come on, we got to love people when they come in. Even when we know, like, I know something about that one on the third row. <laughs> his wife knew oh boy no 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 aren't you thankful that they're in the house that they're home but I believe God wants to do something today I'm going to declare it right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus Christ get up and walk maybe it's a disease maybe it's something that's been in your family line line maybe it's lung cancer Maybe it's diabetes, whatever it is, and it's always in your head. I'm going to be in the rhythm of that. I'm here to declare it today, that we're putting an end to it in Jesus' name. And we can break that rhythm. Not put a Band-Aid on it. We're fixing the problem. It's done. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Come on, I want to see some boldness today. Who out there says, you know what, I'm in a rhythm, and I'm in a rhythm right now, and it needs to break? Come on, who's in a rhythm? Who's in a rhythm of poverty? Who's in a rhythm of, of relationships that have been messed up? Who's in a rhythm? Come on, just lift your hand. Amen. I believe the power of God can go into operation as people, as people. Maybe, maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's in your business. Whatever it is. God knows. Come on, let's close our eyes. Let's be reverent before the Lord. Keep your hand raised. God, I pray for these right now in Jesus' name. Lord, they've made it to the gate. There's so many times where they thought that they were going in, but Lord, there's been circumstances. There's been people. There's been mindsets. There's been habits. That the enemy has done something and work in their mind. And Lord, I just break it off of them right now in Jesus' name. I break it off of them. I pray, Lord, that today that they would see themselves as the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I pray that they would see themselves and that they would speak over themselves that the curse is broken. That they don't have to live in the rhythm. They don't have to live in the rhythm of the way their dad showed them. The rhythm of the way their mama showed them. The rhythm of how society has shown them. But God, right now, by the power of God, I speak the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I declare over you, get up and walk in Jesus' name. Walk, walk, walk by faith, not by sight. I break it. I break it. I break every generational curse that's been spoken and shown. I pray, Lord, that you would move mightily. God, that you would do what only you can do. Reveal yourself, Lord, to families. Oh, anointing, anointing. Break the yokes and bondages of sin and death. Lord, these that have their hands raised. I curse it now in Jesus' name. Whatever rhythm, whatever rhythm. God, may they be, may they flow to the beat of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. amen. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. amen. One last thing, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm in a rhythm. I'm caught up in an old mindset, a habit, and I need some help. The Bible says that Jesus, 
stick, he, he's the friend that will stick closer than any brother. The Bible tells us that he's the Savior, that he's the first, the last, the author, the finisher of our faith. If you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with you. The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us this, that if we admit our fault, our sin, the Bible also is very clear that it says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners in this room. We're saved by grace. Not of works that any man should boast, but by what Jesus has done for us. So if you're out there and you're away from God, maybe you don't have a relationship with Him, you say, Pastor, you don't know the things I've done. You don't know the people I've hurt. You don't know the wounds that I've created in my family, in my workplace. I don't, and I don't care. I just know this. We serve a Savior that will forgive you as far as the east is from the west. And though my sin be like scarlet, He will make me white as snow, as the Bible says. You've made a stain in your family. You've made some stains. Listen, God today wants to make that brand new. The Bible tells us that 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we're a new creation in Christ. When we pray this prayer, old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. The second thing, we believe that he died, he was buried, and on the third day rose again. He'd come live on the inside of you. The third thing is this, confess him as your Lord. I'm telling you, your life will turn around. Let's break the rhythm. I don't care if your grandpappy's pappy's pappy showed it to you. You can break the rhythm. God in you, the name of Jesus, break the rhythm. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.